Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Here in the studio with Chase Hatcher. Chase is the CEO of Diamond Fortress, a cybersecurity firm focusing and specializing in fingerprint biometrics. Chase, it is an honor to have you here today. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, so it's um, it's been fun developing this friendship and and getting to know you. You know, we actually met a couple years ago, yeah. have reconnected recently via Facebook. Yeah. Um, you know, dealing with with some of the interesting times that we're living in, mm-hmm. and um, so tell us a little bit more about um, kind of your company now and and how you got into uh, this line of work. Yeah, uh, it's not a super straight path to uh, how I got here. I was actually sort of in uh, general business advisory services when I got keyed on to uh, the cybersecurity world and, and identification, authentication in that space, which led me to uh, to invent our core technology. So uh, Diamond Fortress Technologies makes a software for mobile devices that um, focuses on fingerprint biometrics and leveraging the cameras on, on those devices in unique ways. Our technology is used primarily in developing nations, not, not a whole lot in uh, the Western world or the United States and Europe, but uh, more Africa, uh, South America, uh, Mexico, and, and uh, the Indonesian region uh, for financial services. So that's kind of where our niche is at and uh, sort of a, an area that uh, is called financial inclusion uh, about reaching uh, marginalized society that add them to the financial services uh, digital ecosystem. Wow. So um, kind of just found a need and then decided to create something that could fill that need. So just the, the pure definition of an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, when we started out, the need we identified was, I think, you know, as, as with a lot of entrepreneurs, a little bit uh, more of a, a broad need for better digital authentication, which led us to building technology and a particular technological component that solved a very specific need in that field. So, uh, you know, as, as the years went on, we became uh, specialized and more focused uh, to, to target a market. And, and that's, you know, we started kind of wide and got real, real dialed in. And that's kind of where we're at now. And uh, honestly, we're super early super early uh, in, in the market, uh, spent a lot of time in research and development, trying to move the market, uh, getting them to trust our technology, and now uh, we're kind of seeing that wave begin to crest, and an incredible amount of momentum. Our technology is uh, considered touchless, right, so there's no interaction point uh, between the user and, uh, and the biometric device, which is actually in the mobile phone, which is become really, really ideal in the current COVID-19 panic, you know? So there's, a, there's that's driving a lot of demand for our solution. That's awesome. Yeah. But this is not your first business. No. So you've had several yeah. others prior to this. Yeah, several that, and, and uh, you know, we're actually uh, 
successful much quicker. And you know, the very first business I really started was with a friend uh, over a decade ago uh, in staffing, tier one uh, automotive industrial staffing. And that uh, took off like you know uh, a rocket. I mean, it was insane how, how quickly that blew up. And I, I wound up uh, selling my share of that back to my partner. There was some, you know, relationship uh, conflicts there, but uh, parted well on that, did well, got into, uh, you know, general business consulting and did well with that, which led me into financial services. You got a, you know, Series 7, 63 insurance license, did well with that. And then, you know, sold those businesses uh, effectively to my father-in-law mm-hmm. as I stepped into uh, the business that I, I'm, I'm in now with Diamond Fortress Technology. So I did well with all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave me a good base um, to move into the Diamond Fortress Technologies where I'm at now and a lot of skills, a lot of, you know, good, good early experience. But um, this has been a challenge unlike any other, <laughs> you know, I mean, that I've ever faced. It's been a, a monumental, whole different thing doing international technology, you know, uh, type businesses. And, you know, a lot of that money I made is gone now <laughs> as it would be. And, and so, uh, but definitely I've had successes and, uh, and had successes with Diamond Fortress and, and beginning to have even more. So. Well, I, first of all, congratulations on all of the success that you've already had up until this point. And, you know, the, the goal of this show is to sit down with successful people that also live a life of purpose. But, you know, what to me is always fascinating is to hear the backstory. You know, people see uh, when somebody's getting interviewed and they, they hear the story, they, they watch the, the TV show with them on there, they, they read the article and wow, you know, that's great that they've done all this, but, you know, I've had to walk through all of these issues and they haven't been through the same things that I've been through. A lot of times that's the perspective that the general public has for uh, seeing that successful person. They don't know a lot of the backstory. So the other day when we were at lunch and you're telling me the things that you walked through, uh, that to me was extremely powerful. So um, we've gotten current day, and you know everything is going well, but growing up, it was extremely challenging for you. So, kind of yeah. walk us through that process. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll try to do sort of a uh, you know a quick timeline, and then we can maybe unpack some of that. But um, I you know I didn't grow up with you know rich parents or uh, a necessarily stable home life. In fact, you know, both of my parents were alcoholics and my father was incredibly abusive to my mother, who in turn was incredibly abusive to my sister and I. And, you know, grew up in that dynamic. Uh, My parents finally separated uh, when uh, between my sixth and seventh grade year, my sister and I with my mother moved to Georgia from Florida. My whole family's from Florida. and I never saw my dad again from that point. Uh, talked to him a few more times on the phone, but um, almost immediately when uh, we got to Georgia, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer, almost died, and that was an incredibly difficult season. And then you know, going into my eighth grade year, my father committed suicide. And so I dealt with that. My mother's alcoholism really ramped up. I had become a larger person by that time. It was harder to... 
uh, physically abuse me, but no less uh, easy to um, emotionally. Uh, and, and so, you know, I took on a lot of the burden of being a caretaker for my family. And that led me to, by the time I reached my ninth grade year, be ready to end my own life. And, you know, at that point in time, I tried to do that. I you know, took a medicine cabinet full of medicine. Primarily, I ate nearly an entire bottle of aspirin <laughs> to this day. Still can't take aspirin without nearly gagging. Um, you know, spent three days in the bed in my home because my mother was too drunk to take me to uh, the hospital uh, recovering. Um, you know, went through some pretty extreme challenges. Uh, my mother finally went through rehab in, in my high school years. Uh, she's an incredible person now. Love her very much. Is an amazing grandmother. Completely turned her life around. Um, I struggled through my high school years. Never really um, addressed any of those feelings of hurt and pain. And you know, by the time I was getting into college, I was starting to act out. You know, and. and with drugs and alcohol myself, but I joined the military. So I was facing, you know, these worlds of freedom and not freedom at the same time and direction and not direction and up and down uh, through that. Um, through, I went to the University of Florida for undergrad. At the end of that, I got married. Um, I was at ROTC at the University of Florida and, you know, through finally just caving in under the weight of my own emotions uh had to take a medical withdrawal wound up not being able to get my commission into the united states army which is you know i uh struggled with that regret for a very long time um felt like i betrayed some of my brothers uh because of that um and and the military um and you know then embarked on uh, a married life that was chaotic at best uh for a while and uh, really, I would say about 2008, 2009, uh, through my interaction with um, some folks at church, started to uh, unpack some of those those issues and uh, walk out a journey with God that has has taken me on a journey of healing and uh, and improving and coming to the place where I am today. So there's a lot in there. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of terrible, terrible things that I did and that were uh, done to me and those periods of times. But uh, I don't think there's any way possible to say it was an easy road. Nothing, uh, nothing at all was uh, handed to me by any man, but there's certainly a great deal of grace handed to me by God. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is no doubt in my mind that, God was with me and all of that I can look back now with you know extreme level of clarity and see despite all of the chaos across that arc I somehow was still always in a youth group at church the Bible even my parents uh, you know speaking the word of God to me despite all of that um, the Lord had a plan and you know despite what the enemy intended he wasn't going to let it be wrecked. And I think that that's the, the story of my life um, to this point. You know, I think it's a, I mean, in a word, it's um, perseverance. Wow, it's 
extremely powerful, you know, first of all, that, you know, you walk through all those things and, and you were able to continue to fight forward mm. and, you know, you never gave up. And, you know, even though you, you tried, tried to. You know, yeah, God still stepped in and yeah. saved you in that moment of weakness. He saved you mm. because he had plans and a purpose for your life. And you continue to walk out those plans and purpose. And, and I just, I always tell people that, that nothing that has ever happened to us is wasted if we recognize that it can be used for good, for God's glory. And, you know, now it doesn't make it easy when we're walking through. I mean, you walk through, you know, a long period of time of, of darkness and, and pain. But now, you know, this story is going to help other people because they're, unfortunately, today where we are living, you know, there is... There, there's two sets of, of mindset. You know, you can either be a victim or you can be a victor. Right. And, you know, it would have been very easy for you at that young age to say, I'm going to be a victim for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, that this happened to me. And because it happened to me, this is going to define me. And I'm never going to be any better than, than my worst day. And, you know, there, there are so many people that need to know that there are deep, painful things that have happened to people that they had no control over. You can couldn't you couldn't control the way your mom acted or your dad acted. No. You couldn't control the fact that there was divorce. You couldn't control that there was addiction. You couldn't control that there was abuse. But you chose to continue to move forward and and fight another day. And and sometimes it's just fighting another day. But but through the power of God's grace and redemption and through the power of the Holy Spirit you have been able to, you know, go even further. And as we talked about the other day, you know, that the regret of, of not joining the army, God had something better than even the army. Although, you know, it, it's extremely admirable that that was a path that you wanted to take. And, and I love people that, that serve our country. And I think it's so vital and, and, and I'm just, I'm so grateful, but God knew that you had a mind that he wanted to tap into and so he's used that to start these businesses and you know now you're you're helping so many people with the the current business even so it's you know we know Romans 8:28 that that all things work to the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose but um it's it's not necessarily easy when you're in the midst of those trials so um let's start with um where it really started to change was when you met your wife. Yeah, so um, that that was the miraculous moment for sure, like a like a thunderstruck moment. So I was by no means walking hand in hand with the Lord. I mean, I would have said I was a Christian and that I believed in God at the time, but you know, I was a young man. I was twenty one years old. Um, I was living uh, a pretty you know, wild life, even though I was at the University of Florida, I was in Army ROTC, um, I was living with my best friend, Ryan Hagemeyer, love that guy, he's a great, great dude, uh, he, he did go on and get his commission, and super proud of him if he ever hears this, um, but at any rate, Ryan and I were, um, in, in a lot of ways, living a stereotypical college guy life, you know, partying and, and doing all that, still had, you know, I mean, just tons of baggage, tons of just the, on the inside, things were dark. And 
through one thing and another, he and I decided, okay, we're going to go up to Auburn for one night from, from Gainesville down in the University of Florida. We're going to meet some friends that are you know, getting uh, some leave from Ranger School at, at uh, Fort, Fort Benning, who are older than us, kind of you know, looked up to them. And we're going to you know, have ourselves a boondoggle in Auburn and then head on back down to Gainesville. Uh, we roll into town, and the folks we're going to see are friends of a friend who's friends with my wife. Uh, you know, you know, my you know, soon to be wife at the time, um, Dana. So they're all at Dana's apartment. So we get there to her apartment. Uh, some of you Auburn folks may know an apartment complex called, uh, oh gosh, what is it? That's no, not the Edge. That was the second place she lived. Anyway, it had these cool little balconies. Had a sort of a, you know, French Tuscany feel. So uh, we go there, knock on the door, and Dana, you know, answers the door. Okay, so uh, I was not interested in getting married, having a girlfriend, um, anything like that. You know, I, I wanted to be free and, and single, and I was, having, I was doing good at that. Uh, I had no responsibilities to anyone else but myself. Uh, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing, but, you know, that's what was going on. So I, she answers the door. I remember the pants she was wearing, the shirt she was wearing, the way her hair looked, her eyes, everything. I mean, to this day. And what, what we just uh, just went past uh, 16th anniversary, 17 and a half years together. Okay, so it was like a bolt of lightning. Um, I knew. I mean, it was probably one of the the closest times I've ever gotten to hearing the audible voice of God that you know I'm going to marry this girl. And she was dating some other guy, and we got rid of him real quick. But uh, so uh, at any rate, I, I managed to, in the 24-hour uh, period that I'm with her, convince her that Gainesville is only about three hours from Auburn. It's eight and a half. Uh, and to uh, come back the next night to Gainesville uh, on a Saturday night to go out and party. We spent the night uh, there together. Nothing bad happened. Uh, put that on the record for her parents. Um, so at any rate... You know, I'm smitten. And Wednesday of the following week rolls around, and I tell my, my boy Ryan, I say, I, I have to drive to Auburn because I have to ask Dana to marry me. And so I did. And I, I snuck on up to Auburn, uh, as you do, and, and got a flower from Walmart and tracked down where she was at at a friend's apartment and surreptitiously arrived there and got her to come outside and she was stunned and asked her to marry me right there in the parking lot. And a year and a half later, we got married. Um, so Dana grew up in a family that, um, you know, it was not unlike a, a lot of families in Birmingham. So, you know, she had her share of you know, problems, and, and they do, you know. Uh, but good grounding in her faith, uh, great parents. Um, and, you know, she had that core of faith. I think I had a core faith too, but she, she had a, you know, a, a stable, you know, part to her that God began to work through even in that moment. Um, you know, to, to, to change me, to put me on a different arc. And the crazy thing is, is that when we first got married, I had a semester left of ROTC. You know, I thought for sure, I'm going to, I'm going to get my commission I wanted to either uh, fly Apaches or, or go into um, uh, Calvary. And I wound up being assessed to communications, which made me really mad. Um, simultaneously, I'm newly married. 
my wife has moved down to Gainesville. She starts falling apart. Yeah, dealing with depression and all kinds of things, and uh, and this this realization that my life is no longer my own. You know, I I had spent uh, 22 years uh, looking out for myself, fighting to stay alive. Um, you know, self self preservation mode, survival mode, and I had not the slightest concept of how to live for someone else, how to uh, to truly sacrificially love anybody. I, I I didn't know the concept. I hadn't seen it modeled, um, but through God, and I didn't even know that. Um, and so it wrecked me. Uh, I mean, it just crippled me. I meant all of the pain and the hurt and the anger at my mother and the anger at my father and just anger at God came, you know, welling out of me and it debilitated me. I mean, to the point that there was a time in there for a week, I couldn't get out of the bed. I was so wrecked. I didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't know how to care for her. I didn't know how to care for me. I didn't even know what I was feeling. And uh, I remember walking into my commander's office at ROTC after that week and going in there and telling him what, uh, what was going on and, and just kind of having this heart-to-heart uh, with him and him telling me that he hadn't ever seen a cadet so messed up uh, as me and you know, told me that I needed to consider taking a medical leave of absence from school. Uh, I got a call from him a couple of days later um, telling me that uh, he had gotten permission to uh, let me out of my contract. You know, I had already joined the Army National Guard, been to basic, been to AIT, was going to commission in the Florida Army National Guard. Um, from ROTC, said, you know, we can we can let you go, and and I think you should. And so I, I did. I took that. You know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where I was going to go. Um, we managed, I managed to finish. We, we ended up moving up here to Birmingham, managed to get into Cumberland School of Law uh, at Sanford, all, all of those things. Uh, finished out my Army National Guard career basically on inactive ready reserve. You know, um, you know thankfully I, I was able to honorably discharge uh, from that uh, as an enlisted soldier. And, um, but at the time, I mean, there was an incredible amount of guilt and shame around that. But that was this this initial grinding, you know, that put me onto this path. And then, you know, my, my wife was, you know, many miles out in front of me uh, on in terms of getting close to the Lord. And, you know, as the arc progresses, we get to about 2009, 2008, and my wife starts getting connected to the Church of the Highlands, um, which, you know, begrudgingly gets me connected. I grew up in a... In a uh, and a traditional Southern Baptist, Reformed Baptist kind of very solid theology, not a whole lot of life givingness. Right. And certainly we weren't talking Turn to burn. About, yeah, yeah. And we weren't talking a whole lot about the Holy Spirit uh, at all. And uh, concepts of generational sin and like you know, the reality of demons uh, and, and Satan putting you know, curses on you and things like that. I mean, that was not something we talked about. Right. And these soul ties and all of these these hooks that Satan gets into you. Uh, we didn't talk about that. So 2009 comes around. This happens, starts getting plugged in there. Uh, wind up, you know, talking to some some folks at the pastoral care staff and they start 
unpacking some of these generational curses and, and start praying against this stuff, uh, breaking these, these chains off of me. And I mean, it was, uh, I was skeptical at first, but uh, at that point in time, I was such a wreck, I needed anything. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, those weights began to really kind of uh, drop off of me. And, you know, I don't want to um, make anybody believe that uh, from there, I just, you know, hit you know, the afterburners and I was you know, mm-hmm. headed into righteousness and never looked back. Because I've made some pretty terrible decisions from 2009 to here, mm-hmm. right? Done some pretty bad things. Uh, I tend to look at it more like a, a line on a, on a graph, right? The, the, the trend is upward, mm-hmm. but there were some crashes in the market mm-hmm. <laughs> in there, right? Uh, the recovery periods have come faster, yeah, right? And, uh, and I'm not without struggle, as I think anybody uh, would attest to uh, that knows me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, have, I have issues that mm-hmm. I still deal with. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have definitely uh, can look back and say, thank God I am not where I was before. Mm. One of my favorite verses, and I am terrible remembering the, the, the chapter and verse, but it's in Proverbs, it's, it's uh, a righteous man falls seven times and mm. gets up. And I love the symbolism of that, of the number seven. Mm. It's like, this is a complete failure, right? Mm. And, and it's not the failing, it's the getting up, mm. right? And by the grace of God, I think that uh, I could be characterized by the fact that I don't quit. Mm. And, and that's something deep from the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'll backtrack for one second to say that I gave my life to Christ when I was in um, fifth grade at Sanford Baptist Church. Mm. We were having, I don't know if any of you guys remember the old revivals. You have a preacher come in right. and everybody comes. And, right. And, and uh, you know, they you know, anybody want to come down front and, and give their life to Christ, the whole altar call thing, and then you go down to the fellowship hall mm-hmm. and somebody prays with you right. and, and, you know, right. you know, make sure you got the bona fides to be uh, right. you're actually doing it. And I remember um, Clears a Bell, you know, nine-year-old Chase sitting in a fold-out metal chair in the fellowship hall of Sanford Baptist Church in Florida, just tears streaming down my face because I knew, knew there was no way out, you know, for me on my own, mm. right? The, you know, the, the hell I was facing in my house, the things that I thought in my own mind because of that, mm. the anger and the, and I mean, even, even as a nine-year-old, the, mm. the, the darkness there knew I needed to be redeemed. You know, it wasn't like, you know, who's going to save me from my circumstances? It, it, there was a realization of who's going to save me from me, you know, and, and who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so despite how much I tried to say, give me my inheritance, let me go do what I want to do, you know, I was still a son. I just had to remember and come home. Man, so good, and um, a lot of of great information in there. You know, the the first thing that that I would let people know is, 
you know, people are trying to find ways to bridge gaps. And I just want you to know that if a, a Florida Gator and a, a Georgia Bulldog <laughs> fan, you know, can sit here and, and develop great We're friendship, <laughs> you know, that, that anybody can after. overcome anything. But um, no, I mean, it's it was all just powerful information. And, and there's a lot of similarities because, you know, for me, you know, I was just extremely wild in college and, and after college, uh, went to Atlanta and I was living for me and, you know, my grandmother had died in, in July of 2004. And, and I was just on this path of, you know, money, success, you know, business owner and, and, but it was all about me and, and I was not planning on settling down at all. And I remember when my wife now wife, uh, walked into my office the first time to sell me an advertisement. Like uh-huh. she was wearing this light gray suit and uh, just so good looking. And uh, and she wanted to sell me an ad and I just wanted a date. Right. You know, I didn't want a long-term commitment. I just wanted a date. And, you know, I knew in that first meeting that there was something different about her. And I told my friends within two weeks, this is going to be the girl that I'm going to marry. Mm-hmm. And within three months we were engaged and nine months we were married. And, you know, for us, it's been 14, well, over uh, 15 years together and, and 14 years married wow. in June. And um, so even though I was so distant from God, even though I was like in the darkest period of my life, you know, God still sent me her. And that was the the thing that, yeah. that drew me back to him. I'd grown up in church. She'd grown up in church, but neither one of us were in church at that time. And, you know, so I think that that is a powerful reminder, even though we're walking in the darkness, that he can still shine a light. Mm-hmm. And and even though we're drowning in our own mess, he can still, you know, send a, a life raft to, yeah. to pull us out at, at any given point. And it's up to us to recognize, hey, uh, this may be, uh, you know, a, a lifesaver. And, uh, you know, so I'm thankful that we both did. But you know, it, it is a process when you've never heard of, you know, the, the deep spiritual roots of things. And, you know, it's easy to hear what, what is said in the Bible. It's easy to attend church. It's easy to, you know, even read the word and, and get into it. But, but if you don't really understand the power of, you know, not only the Holy Spirit, but also the demonic, and in the things that, that can attach itself to you, like in an instant, let alone like when you've dealt with trauma and when you've dealt with death and you've dealt with, you know, specifically suicide. I mean, there are spirits that come in and can torment you that until they're bound and cast out and, and really you get delivered from those things. Uh, I mean, they can, I mean, there are people that are walking around that have been dealing with it for a lifetime. Yep. And and it's generational that, that they never even knew that generational curses existed. And until those things are broken, it, it just perpetuates itself. That's right. And, you know, so I am so thankful for, you know, the fact that, that we have been able to learn about those things. And there is, uh, you know, that there's a willingness for people to teach that and, and grow in that because, uh, that was definitely a foreign concept for me. And the more I realized the power that we have through Christ Jesus to overcome anything, mm. I mean, it, it's, I've been set free of things that, uh, you know, for me, it happened with an encounter versus more so, um, you know, really, um, you know, deliverance ministry. But at the same time, like it was, it was broken off in an instant but at the same time it was it, it had to be walked out just like you're talking yep. about 
You know, so even if you meet Jesus in a moment, even if it, even if there's a suddenly and, and he transforms your life, you've still got to continue to walk it out. And there's none of us that are perfect ever. You know, Jesus was perfect. They crucified him. But um, but it is it, it is a powerful story of redemption. It's a powerful story of perseverance. It's a powerful story of overcoming you know, odds against you. Yeah. All of the, the things that you've been through. Every odd was against you. I mean, single parent home, mm-hmm. uh, you know, suicide, uh, the you know, alcohol abuse. You know, there, there's the trend for you to follow in those footsteps and, and did for a while. Yeah. But um, there, there's nothing that God cannot restore. Yeah. There's nothing that God cannot uh, just rebuild. There's nothing that God cannot uh, remove. And, and so ultimately... Like, what would you say to, you know, the person who's out there and they're just, they're walking through all this stuff and they, well, well, this guy, you know, well, that's great. You know, he's, he's figured out a way to be successful, but I'm still like just caught up in all the mess. What would you say to that person? Um, yeah, I think we tend to focus in the middle of our trials on, you know, people that don't seem to be struggling or suffering the way we are and, and we want to be there right and that's okay that, to, to have that goal but we tend to think about it instantaneously so we're discouraged when you know we make an effort and we have a setback right because our expectation is uh that you know okay i've started to move this direction suddenly it's all going to be right and you know, a couple of things are going on there. One is that your perception of what you think somebody else's life is or what you're trying to achieve isn't necessarily true. Everybody's got stuff they're going through. And and it's not that God doesn't deliver people radically and completely in an instant. It's just not common. Mm-hmm. You know, my experience is, is that your life is more like wandering around in the dark in the woods with absolutely no understanding that there's a path out of the woods, mm-hmm. right? And often really what happens is, is God doesn't send a helicopter into the woods, pick you up and put you into an open field mm-hmm. where you can see what he does is show you the path out. Mm-hmm. You still have to walk through the woods mm-hmm. a bit towards uh, towards that. And, and so, um, you know, I wrote a blog post uh, a few years back and I don't know, if everything I said is true, but I, I did say that, you know, sometimes success looks like not giving up. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that people that are discouraged, that it's it's not a platitude. It, it is true that today is what you focus on. Mm-hmm. You know, the next step is what you focus on. Um, you don't have to get tomorrow right today. Um, just work on the next five minutes Mm -hmm. and and whatever you do don't do it by yourself you know i i'm super guilty of that right Mm -hmm. trying to you know bootstrap it and um you know see you know the 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 simple things are the true things right you know focus on today on on the next right thing find a good group of people for accountability and support Mm -hmm. You know, you know, God, God is clear that, you know, healing comes through confession one to another, not one to an entire crowd of people. You know, right. I, I love that our pastor says, you know, that uh, confession, confession is good for the soul and bad for the reputation. Right. You probably don't need to get on Facebook and post every terrible thing you've, you've done. That's not what God means. Uh, I think he, you, you need to find a core 
a group of folks. So, um, but there is nothing that you have done that is so terrible that God hasn't already made a plan to forgive it. Hmm. There, there just isn't. And, you know, I don't feel the need to go into the gory details of the horrible things I've done, but I know that I can go, uh, you know, step for step with a lot of the, you know, the worst people on the planet. Hmm. And I know God forgives me. Hmm. And then um, that doesn't mean there's not consequences. There have been consequences, hmm. you know, um, and, and are still to a degree. But, um, um, you know, don't don't give in to the hopelessness um, and to nihilism. You know, there is a meaning. Hmm. You know, your life has purpose. Uh, before you were even born, it had purpose. And, you know, and it doesn't go away just because you've tried to run off track. You know, there's still a way to get back to that purpose. I think it was a lot. <laughs> no, that's so good. And, um, you know, I agree with you that, you know, if it were not for grace, God's grace, then I wouldn't be able to step foot in a church. Amen. You know, all of the, the awful things that I've done when I didn't even realize that I was being awful because I was just being the way that the world says I'm supposed to be. Um, but, you know, he saved me. Mm. He saved you. Mm. And he can save anybody that's out there that's trying to figure out is there a better way? There's always a better way, and his name is Jesus. Amen. And from that standpoint, you know, if you are hopeless, if you are hanging on by a thread, tell somebody, find somebody that you can open up to because, you know, that there is power in agreement as well. So mm-hmm. you, you need at least one person that's going to fight that battle for you because where two or more are gathered and they agree on earth, it shall be done as it is in heaven. And so somebody else can stand in the gap with you. But if you're trying to fight isolated, the enemy wants you isolated. The enemy wants you to believe that nobody is going to understand what you're walking through. And, um, and that's just not true. So, um, man, I've really enjoyed this today. Um, you know, I, I know that it's, uh, it's not easy to share the, the darkest periods of our life sometime, but, you know, I know that this is going to free people that are walking through pain and also give them, you know, it, it, maybe they're thinking about starting their own business and, and they hear what I want everybody out there to hear is if, you know, we can do it, you can do it. Do it. Amen. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, 100%. it's, um, nothing special about us except no. the Holy spirit and the power of God's grace. So, uh, Chase, it's been an honor to have you here today. And uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Check us out on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose. Um, it, you put in Living Life on Purpose with Matt Wilson. You check us out, obviously, on iTunes. And then Living Life on Purpose always on Instagram. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with the people that you know and love. And also uh, subscribe so that we can uh, know that we're doing a good job and just try and keep the, these coming to you. So thank you so much for listening and have a great day.